0: My name is Maddie.
1: And I'm Hannah. We are murder mystery bookworms,
0: an aspiring amateur sleuths. We are Reading Partners in Crime and over the last year and a half we have gone on over 30 book-based adventures. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors. And with the help of our feline psychics, Hercule
1: Hastings. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips and hopefully solve the case.
0: Welcome to The Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon, the book
1: club for amateur sleuths. Hi Maddie! (laughs) Hello, how are you? (laughs) I'm good, I'm good. Now this episode is going to come out on the 22nd of March, so we should probably do a bit of a birthday shout out. Oh, go on. Because on the 24th of March, Wednesday,
0: it is Rose's birthday. As in Rose of... Special guest Rose. Special guest Rose. I was thinking what yeah. am I, Rose of the episode. That doesn't make any sense. Well, <laughs> oh, that's very so yeah. exciting. Special guest yeah, Rose. Happy yeah. birthday. So happy birthday to her from the Unsoul Case of the Missing Salmon. Well, I mean, I feel that I should also shoehorn a birthday shout out in there as well. Because as you know, my best friend is also called Rose. <gasps> and it's her birthday on the 16th. So happy birthday, oh, Rose. As oh. well. Yes. Other rows, different one. Oh,
1: in other mystery business, I did think of you the other day because always I was nice. Watch- always nice. I was watching <laughs> ITV's version of the murder on the Orient Express. So, anyway, I thought of you because it was David Suchet Classic. in Classic. So, I thought of you anyway, but then I thought of you again or extra thoughts of you. <laughs> Because Toby Jones was
0: Ratchet. He was. Yeah. Yes, I forget about that because, well, in my opinion, it's one of the only dramatised TV versions. that David Suchet, I don't think, is, is my fave. So Controversial. It's, I've watched it as often. I, I, I'm into the Albert Finney version, which is mm. the area, I think. Um, but, yes, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten that he's in it and yeah. once again as a scary scary man yeah
1: he's definitely that's sinister. where he excels
0: yeah it's, it must be hard knowing that you've got a face that suits a sinister character <laughs> yeah if you were a, if you were an actress yeah and you had been like typecast as something what do you think mm. that would be or if oh. it'd be easier for you you can do me and i'll do you
1: Okay, well, for you, I just immediately think sort of Geordie. Geordie Scamp.
0: <laughs> I think, uh, Geordie Scamp, yeah. It's not a, that's not a typecast. What's your, what's, what do you always seem to get cast as? A Geordie. <laughs> <laughs> I think yours would be like a kind of kindly teacher. Or like kindly mentor. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah. You see, I thought you were gonna say that,
0: and you're not Um, happy about it.
1: No, (laughs) I. I'd actually love if I was gonna be typecast to be typecast as a really evil character. You just wouldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Apologies. Uh, Although maybe maybe what you could do is like have your first flagship character as a really evil villain and then people would get to know you as that rather than who you yeah. what you're fundamentally what your actual character is.
1: I don't yeah, I'm not sure I have a scary enough face. You don't.
0: No. You could be I reckon you could you could maybe be typecast as more of a more of a scamp if that was your first role. Yeah.
1: Or maybe I could be you know there are some evil characters but You know, sort of the creepy, overly kind, and then they turn out to be... So so quite sinister then? Secretly
0: evil, but on the (laughs) surface, you trust them. Yeah, you could be one of them. I could see you as a, like a a victorian newspaper seller you know like a read all about it yeah. <laughs> just because of how much you like any other business yeah roll up roll up yeah yeah, yeah. That read that's the other it. version i can see you as yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah you're actually more happy about that than i expected
1: Oh, I did have some other mystery business, which was actually something you recommended to me oh, go that on. I went away and binge listened to.
0: I think I know where this is going. Go you on. Think
1: you know where this is going, and it is the Fresh Water podcast. It's
0: excellent, which isn't it?
1: It's about the Fresh Water Five, who were. Sentenced
0: for how much cocaine was it? A huge amount a of lot. cocaine. 11 holders. I don't know how much that actually is in, like, you know, drugs. Hold on a second.
1: Well, I think this wasn't the street value of this cocaine like 53 million pounds.
0: It was in the millions. Yeah. 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 And it was like, um, you know, organized crime from Brazil. The soccer well, team get involved. That's That pleases me.
1: Yeah. Yeah also have you finished it
0: no i i realized that you were going to be disappointed with me about that though. no no but what do you think so far so far i'm hooked and one i am delighted there are so there are a few reasons i really enjoy it number one okay i loved i absolutely fell in love with the first series of serial and that was the first podcast i ever listened to two as we've discussed separately off off air one of the assistants is a Geordie, which makes it extra enjoyable. <laughs> um, and three, I think there's, as with Serial, evidence to suggest both sides of the argument. The downside is, of course, that these people, it's, it is obviously real. So you do feel quite sad for these families. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm at the end of episode three and I'm very much currently at the standpoint of, I don't think they did it.
1: Mm. What do you Interesting. think? Interesting. Well, I think your comparison with cereal at the beginning—I thought it was going to be like cereal, but it's no cereal, in my opinion. <laughs> so they set it up that the podcast is going to be exploring: did the Freshwater Five do the crime? And they say at the beginning that they, you know, they're going to be investigating it. And that they have no re- real opinions about whether they're innocent or guilty. But it becomes apparent very quickly that I don't think that is the case and that they're obviously... They're gunning for innocence, aren't they? They're gunning for innocence. Now, yeah. I, I don't have an issue if that's the case, but I think they should be upfront about that. No, I'm, okay. really, I'm really glad you told me about it. And I would recommend people listening. So
0: far, I yeah. So far, I think they didn't do it. But of course, that's what they want me to believe, isn't it? Should we talk about the book? Let's talk about the book. So this week, we're reading The Case of the Late Pig by Marjorie Allingham. We've been really excited about this because of the pig element to it. We've been really hyped. So (laughs) I was (laughs) delighted to be be finally getting around to it. Um, Hannah, this was your choice, I believe. Yes, would you like to tell me a little bit about why you picked? I mean, I think there's a big reason. Perhaps could be the name. <laughs> could it be? Well, yes. Uh, one of the big reason I, I
1: big reasons that I picked this book is what a title. <laughs> <laughs> the Case of the Late Pig. You know, and as a podcast that is named after another animal. The Salmon, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it might be up our streets. That's the first reason. The second reason I chose it is because I have not read any Marjorie Allingham. Well, beyond the radio murder mystery play that we did. So we did Room to Let that was by that. Mar- that was excellent. But i never read a novel and she is often talked about as being one of the four queens of crime along with Agatha Christie, Naomi Marsh and Dorothy L Sayers
0: so i thought well you know let's see what are we doing yeah let's not let's not leave her behind no yeah um and could you give us a little bit of a summary to start off with
1: i can so this i can <laughs> Can I? I'd I'd struggle. So, fair. fair. Okay. Okay. So, it features Albert Campion, who is sort of a gentleman amateur sleuth. And he, yeah, a gentleman uh, amateur sleuth. He receives an anonymous message to go to the funeral of Pig (laughs) Peters, who. His only memory of is that Pig Peters was this really quite horrible school bully in his childhood. So he decides to go along to the funeral. Uh, So he goes along to the funeral of Pig Peters, but then he gets called to this, I suppose it's like a village called Keepsake to investigate another death, possible murder. And the corpse turns out to be Pig Peters. That's, that's about six months later, isn't it? The yeah, about six months later. Yeah. So he, basically Albert Campion, is trying to work out what is going on. <laughs> so why, why did Pig Peters seemingly die twice? Good summary. And he, yeah, he goes to investigate with his manservant Lug
0: who <laughs> who was brilliant <laughs> yeah later just disappears but would you like to what did you think of the book well, Starter I... for 10 <laughs> Starter for <at a> 10 <laughs> overall
1: I did enjoy it and for me the language was just priceless <laughs> I mean you know it's going to be good from the contents because the, when you look at the chapter name oh. <laughs> there's some wonderful wonderful chapter name so chapter six departed pig chapter 16 simply the
0: red hair the red hair <laughs> I thought you'd like that one chapter 11 why drown him in quotation marks. Yeah, it's yeah. dramatic. Yeah. So I
1: thought, from the beginning, I thought, oh, there, there might be some treats here in terms, of, in terms of language. And indeed, there were. So I'll just run through some of my favourites. I liked the reference to a general rumpus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think rumpus is one of the best words. I've always thought it. <laughs> I'm bringing it back.
1: But quite closely followed by (laughs) (laughs) jiggery-pokery. Don't want any jiggery-pokery going on. I also liked a bounder, which I believe you might Hmm. have had in some of our other reads, but I do like a bounder. Uh, Blethering. Like a blethering idiot type thing. Yeah. And there was a phrase that I liked, but I had no idea what it really meant. It was simply... Kittle cattle.
0: <laughs> Is that like tittle tattle,
1: or no? I think it's more sort of a expression of frustration because it says here, as we drove off under the trees, he looked at me. Kittle cattle, he said sadly.
0: Oh yeah, true. Sadly, isn't kittle cattle? Was it? It's kind of just like so be it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I I liked lug quite a lot because he's got this i suppose it's supposed to be sort of a like a cockney accent but i loved it when he referred to police officers as rossers rossers Rossers. yeah that's very cockney yeah and there was one name oh i hope it's the
0: same one that i've got
1: (laughs) actually i laughed (laughs) for at least a minute. I found it so funny. I hope it is the same one. Should we do all
0: three? Or yeah, okay. okay. So one, two, Guffy, Mr. Fit. Th- oh, Mr. Huh? Mr. What's his name? Mr. Skin. Oh no! Me. For me, it was it was old Guffy, Guffy
1: old Guffy Randall. <laughs> would oh, not love it, could you? Another thing that tickled me that was again sort of related to language was when <laughs> I think it's Janet, so a character called Janet is she's talking over the phone to Albert Campion, the our gentleman sleuth, and she's doing that thing where people can't remember the phonetic alphabet. So they yes. Just yes. yes. So she says. She says it's M for mother. Fine. But then she says U for unicorn. Yeah. R for rabbit. D <laughs> for darling. E for <laughs> <pet> oh, egg. <laughs> I uh, also had
0: that one here, ready to, talk, ready to whip out. So, so
1: funny. And I always feel a bit <laughs> smug because I know the. You know the proper phonetic alphabet because I do was you? taught. Yes, yeah. Yeah, taught by um by my dad. By your chucklehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case I ever need case? to do
0: a radio message of some kind. <laughs> so what would it be? Yeah. M for M for mother. You for oh, so Mike. Mike.
1: Oh, uniform. it is actually not
0: Mike. Uniform. What? What else did we have? Oh, oh wait, it's just, Romeo. It just spells out murder. Romeo. D for Delta. delta.
1: Yeah, E for Echo. Echo. Yeah, and
0: R again. Okay.
1: okay yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, well done.
1: So I realised that none of those comments are actually about <laughs> the plots. I did quite like the plot as well. I thought it went along quite a fair old pace. Yeah, I enjoyed it. What did you think?
0: I had very similar thoughts about the book and. I actually has I almost Gafford passed me by, but I was very taken with Mr. Skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was there are a few things that really stood out to me. One, the chilling nature of this terrifying cough. That hey. so, what's his name? Oh, hey ho, Camp, so Campion goes to. The funeral of pig i'm not really sure why he decides to go because he's obviously a childhood bully but never mind i wouldn't yeah. go to my childhood bully's funeral
1: uh it's almost sort of it feels like he goes to sort of just check he's dead in some
0: ways yeah mm-hmm. maybe if i maybe i would go then just to clarify just for my own peace of mind i wasn't bullied yeah but just to clarify <laughs> yeah but i
1: suppose isn't it as well partly curiosity because he gets the mysterious message
0: Oh yes, yeah, true. Yeah, I about like that. So there's these, yeah. and so yeah, you very well captured the sort of jo- the jolliness of the of the book. It's sort of sort of I guess sort of not even plodded along. I'd say galloped along. Oh, um, indeed, indeed. Flabbergasted's in there. Always a pleasure <laughs> to read that on on a book. But I would also say, many times I thought, I don't know what's happening at all. <laughs> but wasn't I, I wouldn't say I was disparaged by that but it did happen how did Kingston get involved who is he I mean well what, what, suddenly he was just he was just there and he hadn't been there before and he just appeared yeah well Kingston is sort
1: of a well turns out to be a psychotic doctor Yeah. But, his involvement in it is that he it all sort of centers around an insurance scam, really, which I'm not sure we I'm not sure I've ever come across before actually.
0: no it's quite sophisticated, movie. isn't it, for an old school? Yeah. I've missed. Yeah. That's yeah. No, true, actually. I don't think we have.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot about sort of mistaken identities and he pretending that he's someone else and this type of thing. I think one of the issues with the characters is there a lot of them just had the same initial for their names. So there are quite a lot of H's that I found it quite
0: tricky to have a handle on. That is true. Yeah, I got confused between, like, there were lots of men, basically. Oh, there were a lot of men. Not indistinguishable characteristics about them so i did get yeah. a little bit like and there, were, there was obviously leo and lug that that i mean there's yes. yeah, slight leo, slight lug. similarity there but i'm evidently easily confused so i found that a little bit confusing yeah because i think there's this
1: whole idea of there's these sort of like the gentlemen of the village who all hang out together who are always suspicious of <laughs> anyone new and i do think perhaps we might have understood more of it if we had read another Albert Campion, because obviously yes. it's not the first in the series. So there's quite a few references to I suppose friendships and relationships that have clearly been explored in other books. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, there's Leo clearly... just no there's yeah. no build-up there, is there?
0: Yeah.
1: No, he's clearly someone who we're supposed to know who he is. And also there's something something has clearly happened between uh albert campion and janet janet yeah but again i wasn't really sure about that
0: yeah it sort of implied that there's this almost i don't know on again off again unrequited love type thing between the two of them so yeah i yeah. think you're right and actually it didn't occur to me until quite late in the book that it wasn't that it was one of a series So Mm. I just thought, why has she not explained any of this? Yeah. And then, and then was like, oh, fair. Fair enough.
1: I mean, this is what happens when you just choose a book by its hilarious title
0: Corona's Pigeon. I'd read that.
1: Oh, Corona's Pigeon. Yeah, that sounds exciting. I did like how Janet pushed the dodgy uh, parson in the lily pond because he, you know, he tried to grope her. Good on Janet. She just pushes him in. But yeah. there was a bit, you know, where well, he actually kills Pig by poisoning him, but then pushes an ornamental stone urn onto him, and that really reminded me of, you know, Anne Perry. Oh, she, you know, and you know how she, the murder that she was
0: involved in, when she was, yes. Teening. I thought you were going to say um, Death on the Nile. Oh, yeah. it has no, that scene it well. in yeah. particularly vivid in the dramatisation where somebody pushes that massive, I guess it's like a kind of know, like a top of a turret off the edge of this yeah. massive temple to fall on Lynette Ridgeway underneath. But then she leaves. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I didn't think of that, but you're right. It's really similar. I did like, there was a bit that I thought was very funny, It's the things that they're, you know... <laughs> completely appalled by in the book so Mm. it says here albert campion is sort of investigating what's been going on and says what were you playing bridge and then it says leo looks scandalized before lunch yes
0: before lunch
1: it's poker (laughs) obviously (laughs) poker wouldn't play bridge before lunch (laughs) <laughs> who, who knew
0: who knew yeah who knew that was such like a an rate like a scandalous thing to do like a massive mm. faux pas mm. yeah i did think that the one thing that really i think was in its favor was like the setting that felt very re- like very real i think potentially yeah. it felt quite a lot like a lot of marples mm. or, po- or poirot's because it's got that kind of villagey Right. Like, you could imagine them all out on, like, the bowling green.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was actually, uh, at one point, I was quite shocked by a racial slur that was used. Yes, and it I was I found that really shocking. In. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I thought
0: it was, overall I thought it was quite a fun, a fun read. I'd say so. In many so. ways. It was a good, like, oh, in the of something kind of fairly light, not too serious mm. just like classic read classic murder mystery read couple of days yeah boom. yeah did yeah. it make
1: you want to read more of the series because obviously the albion albert campion is a is a whole series of books um
0: yes i think it made me i'd want to read maybe the first one because I think I'd want to know. Yeah. It. Because because it confused me a bit that there wasn't any. Because with with Agatha Christie, she does that as well. You know, there's not necessarily an explanation every time Hastings is there. You just know. So I kind of want to know if there's a bit of a bit of an intro so that I wouldn't spend as much time being a bit confused. So yeah, I think I would. The first one's called The Crime of Black Dudley.
1: Yeah. I'll give it. A yeah. Go. Would you want to? Yeah. Yeah, I think I probably sort of the same feeling like. I'd give it a go, but from reading this, I'm not. I'm not feeling desperate to read m- more Marjorie Allingham. No, it's not the same feeling that I had when we read *Tour de Force* by Christiana Brand. I was like, I have to read more. Must of read books. these. I must yeah. read more of these books. And I wonder if part of that is, I mean, you sort of mentioned this already.
0: It was very men yeah, it? It was very male yeah there's janet who's the sort of vague love, love interest dress oppie as well yeah she's, a, she's not super heavily featured though no and that. there's woman who sort of pig
1: duped into uh, being engaged to effie but oh, she yeah. effie
0: rollinson yeah but she's not really in it that much no they're quite limp either. characters except for the pushing in the pond <laughs>
1: yeah and I did think when I chose it that there might be a pig in it you know like <laughs> I knew an- <laughs> you would so there was obviously a little bit of disappointment about that similar similarly bats in the belfry that's when the there belfry. were like no bats in that
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I did think when you told me you'd started it and there were no actual pigs I did think that's going to feature heavily within your debrief
1: <laughs> uh well I think it redeemed itself with the uh, with the hilarious language okay. I think so yeah I
0: mean I don't really have a huge amount to to right. add no that's fine
1: well should we go to scoring
0: yeah let's
1: mm, okay on three. One, two, three.
0: <gasps> same z's we
1: yeah we've both gone for six yeah i think a
0: solid six a solid six a joyful six
1: a joyful six yeah
0: yeah
1: okay what should we do for our one line how about <laughs> jolly gallop in country setting hello Hilari- hilarious language yeah with hilarious language <laughs> dash
0: yeah. no pigs
1: though okay dash no actual pigs <laughs>
0: I thought that you'd be extra disappointed because obviously when we play Fibbage, you're yeah. often called Orchard Pig.
1: Yeah, and I am really good at drawing pigs.
0: That's an extra, add more salt to the wound, an extra
1: yeah. challenge. Yeah, well Are maybe you? I'll,
0: yes, I'll draw yeah. a picture of a pig. Send it to me. Yeah. And send
1: it to you. Okay. Is it a
0: cartoony type picture or is it more of like an artistic rendition? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not there doing like individual baby hairs <laughs> shading cross matching oh, that... so what, what can, can we, we learn? learn for your case oh how about don't trust any newcomers so anyone who just randomly appears and seems to be super interested in the case
0: do not trust them or if they're a new fan of the show and they just they've got they've got on the hype.
1: <laughs> Be wary. That's Be all wary. I'm
0: saying. Cautious. Yeah. Okay. Cautious. The thing about the cough really stuck with me. Have we got any sort of? Could they have any tails? Oh
1: yeah. If you yeah. find a potential suspect, do they have any tails? And then maybe just generally, never play bridge before lunch.
0: I won't (laughs) although I do I do really want to learn to play bridge
1: yeah me too (laughs) we can learn together on a YouTube video YouTube video about it okay will you learn with me yeah definitely yeah will we be partners oh I don't know I well yeah I don't know can I (laughs) no 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 the reason why I've got uncertainty is because I may be like pre-promised to be Andrew's bridge partner. I know, oh God, but that—that's obviously purely the circumstances of lockdown. <laughs> I mean, does he no, want no, to? No. Pay? Yeah, he really does. <sighs> yeah, but I, but, but maybe I could have more than one bridge partner. As in, like, if <laughs> I, could lear- I could learn, I could learn. Then, if you and I are in a social setting together,
0: <laughs> we'll, be we'll be bridge partners.
1: partners. But if you're not there, I'll be Andrew's
0: bridge partner. This is gonna make me feel like such a like a like a gooseberry. I'm gonna have to find myself on my own also my other an, my own other one, so I don't feel like such a loser. <laughs> Being like <laughs> I have to sit around and wait for hand to be free. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do okay. think we'd be really good bridge partners. I mean,
1: I know very little about bridge, but I feel that are uh, you know just general
0: same wavelength. Same I think wavelength so too. will help. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be good.
1: Yeah, yeah. bring it on.
0: Look out, world.
1: Whoa, bridge. <laughs> uh, any other lessons? I think that's it. Yeah, that's fine. That's sufficient.
0: So case notes for today. For today. Very exciting. You'll know why I'm happy about this. It's a visual aid.
1: (gasps) Well, to be honest, it's
0: not a visual aid. It's a visual of the one piece of evidence that we have. It's the slip, it's the betting slip. I've got a picture of it. So, what I'm going to do with this information is so you'll have heard from the last episode's interview with Joe that they put on an accumulator bet, which, well, one thing, one piece of homework for me is to learn what that really actually means. Because to be honest, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what I have got on the slip is also what specific football matches they bet on. So what yeah. I'm going to do is go away and learn a little bit more about these matches. So we've got the Arsenal versus Olympi- Olympic Leon International Emirates Cup. We okay. have the Rangers FC versus Derby County club friendly game. Who bets on a friendly? Lutus, that's who. Um, <laughs> Liverpool versus SSC Napoli, club friendly game. CR Flamengo RJ, <laughs> what's that? Versus Botafogo FRRJ. Doesn't even say what that type of thing is. It's a Brazilian game, evidently. RSC Anderlecht versus KV Oostende. That's from the Jupiler Pro League, that's in Belgium. And lastly, Reading versus Chelsea. <laughs> A club friendly game, so yeah, I'm going to look a bit more oh, yes. into these these games and see if I can see any sort of commonalities. Um, but I think there's a lot to unpick on this betting slip. We've obviously got the address of the betfred where it where it occurred. We've got the amount that they put on, so they actually spent eighty three pounds fifty pence. It's quite this, a lot. Yeah, indeed. Um, and yeah, the time, the twenty eighth of, Ju- of July, twenty nineteen. 9.29 a.m. Oh, so
1: quite early. So that could be quite telling as to the owner of this betting slip. What yes. I really want to know is would they have won any money
0: yeah, from that's this the thing, betting slip? Because I don't really understand how the w- accumulator works. So that's my homework for the next episode is to work out mm. would they have won any money? Because in the column next to the, um, the games they have odds as well for each one Mm. Mm. and some of them are like quite low like the arsenal olympic lyon was one to two yeah whereas others were 10 to 11 Mm. so you'd think there'd be a lot of money there perhaps total odds 1392 I'm not sure what that means. So, yeah, maybe I yeah. need to find somebody who understands. Another thing, I could I could speak to somebody who understands betting slips and ask them some questions.
1: Yeah, an expert, an expert. But yeah. the, um, yeah. But, you know, I, I take any I... advice
0: you've got about, you know, routes I could go down.
1: Well, no, I mean, I think you've got a lot more information, haven't you? Because now you can start thinking what type of person would go and place a bet at that time in the morning like and it was that a week weekend day it was a or a weekday a sunday so a who sunday. goes into a shop on sunday morning to place 83 pounds worth of bets it's
0: very specific isn't it yeah. yeah and then decides to put it in joe's room
1: yeah
0: that's the weird bit isn't it so maybe there needs to be something about who was in and out of the house as well
1: perhaps yeah. you know
0: was there anything happening in chatham that weekend any big news yeah. events <laughs> There's, i mean we have an annual is... sweeps festival um in rochester which is the next town you got a face what an annual sweeps. sweeps sweeps festival yeah what every every year i don't like, understand like chimney, chimney sweeps
1: right so but... they have an annual
0: chimney sweeps festival Although maybe that makes people feel a bit more <laughs> lucky. know.
1: <laughs> are there? I mean, how many sweeps are there in
0: Britain? Of s- well, I don't yeah. think many, but it's more about celebrating that tradition because it's okay. it's all, it's all held on the old traditional like Victorian uh, Rochester High Street, which is all like oldie worldy. Yeah. So it's lovely. Have that, and then they also have the Dickens Festival every year, which is celebrating yeah. Charles Dickens.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so weird. I'm more down with that, but I mean, is I don't know is the chimney sweep industry? I mean, they're not really known for for
0: sort of a great record, particularly with sort of child welfare, are they? I mean no, it's intense it's a, it's mostly a mostly a massive piss up all oh, right okay yeah, and people wear like traditional clothes and they do dance with sticks, but yeah, it's a big weekend.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, maybe yeah. May, maybe there was a tie in with that. Maybe there was a tie
0: in. Wow. So yeah, that's, that's okay. what i'm up this week.
1: Yeah. Okay. So watch the we'll, space. Yeah. So we'll put up a photo. Yes. Of of the betting slip, uh, so everyone can see it, and yeah, and if there are any gambling experts <laughs> who who want to get in, touch, get in touch, then yeah, get in touch. It'll be really useful. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks, the plot thickens. (laughs) (laughs) Will we get there? Today, we are crowning Edith Caroline Rivett as a Queen of Crime. She wrote under three pseudonyms Carol Carnat, ECR Lorac, and Mary LeBourne. She was an English crime writer of 71 detective novels in the space of just 27 years. She was born on the 6th of May, 1894 in Hendon, London, and died 2nd of July, 1958. E.C.R. Lorac is a favorite of Maddie's, so I asked her three reasons why we should make her a queen of crime. Reason number one, endings. E.C.R. Lorac is excellent, at having high-paced chase endings and showdowns, be that on the blizzardy slopes of the Alps or in the middle of Oxford Street. Number two, the plot pace. So in all of E.C.R. Laura, Carol Carnac's novels, they dive into the action. So for example, in Murder by Matchlight, the murder actually happens straight away. And it's often in very distinct settings, be that in urban cities or rural backgrounds. Thirdly, the light-hearted tone created through hilarious language. So we have Edith Caroline Rivett to thank for some of our favourite words that we've discovered such as shamozzle, rumgo and farrago of blether to name but a few. Top three characters are Chief Inspector MacDonald who is a London Scot. He's very modest and likeable. Number two, Catherine Reed, or Kate, who is in Cross Skis, and she is clearly modelled on... Edith herself as she likes to paint and she's described as being interested in all human beings and finally Elizabeth Lee in Bats in the Belfry who is an intelligent redhead need we say more top three reads number one cross skis, which we talk about in episode five of season one she wrote this as Carol karnak in 1952 and it stars Chief Inspector Rivers who is also in fifth other books number two Murder by Matchlight which was published in 1945 and which we read pre-podcast cozy mystery set during the blitz with authentic and believable characters it stars the aforementioned chief inspector Macdonald who is in more than 30 of her books Finally, Bats in the Belfry for its London setting, which we discuss in episode 11 of season one. Awards and achievements. So she published her first detective novel in 1931. It was called The Murder on the Burrows. And she was invited to join the detection club just six years later which was quite the achievement. So she was a key writer during the golden age. She was a very active, sociable member of the detection club. Her fellow crime writers called her the Lady of the Lizard, because she liked to wear a brooch of a turquoise spotted lizard with ruby eyes her books were published under the prestigious imprint of Collins Crime Club which is the legendary publisher for crime so first editions of some of her books can come on the market for thousands of pounds edith also created her own illustrated bookplate and logo for the detection club that's still being used today as of 2020 the british library has included seven novels by E.C.R. Lorac in its crime classic series of reissued works, three of which Maddy and I have read together. The British Library has said that Edith Caroline Rivett's books have been almost entirely neglected since her death, but deserve rediscovery as fine examples of classic British crime fiction in its golden age. In her own words, in November 1940, after having been evacuated to Devon, Edith Caroline Rivett wrote to a friend about the horrors of living through a war. Referring to the death of one of her oldest friends, killed while firefighting, she said, Most of my other friends have been bombed or burnt out of their homes. What a sickening insanity it all is. AOB Edith Caroline Rivett lived in London she did briefly emigrate to Australia when she was a child when she returned she attended the South Hampstead High School and the Central School of Arts and Crafts in London and she actually continued to practice craft throughout her life her work included embroidery and calligraphy that has been on display at Westminster Abbey she was an enthusiastic skier And she obviously uses that knowledge in cross skis. She lived her last years with her elder sister in Lonsdale, Lancashire. She was a very popular figure in the village. And to this day, she is remembered in that local community as spirited and strong-willed, a woman with a strong social conscience. So we are delighted to have Edith Caroline Rivett as one of
0: our worthy queens of crime. My sister's finally listened after her comments were wholesome banter. Felt like I was in the room with you guys. And solid eight out of ten. She's a life <laughs> scorer. Perfect length for a bath. Enjoyed. <laughs> solid eight.
1: <laughs> uh, I feel like if we, that, that would be the perfect length for a bath. Solid
0: eight could be our tagline i like it people are having more baths these days i feel it's not a very good (laughs) accompaniment thank you for joining us for today's
1: episode of the unsolved case of the missing salmon we talked about the case of the late pig by marjorie allingham heard more about the key evidence in case notes and crowned another author as a queen of crime as always if you've enjoyed today's episode how about sharing the unsold case of the missing salmon with a friend or ami, to use Poirot parlance. It's easy to do. On Spotify click the box with the upwards arrow and on Apple the three dots to the right of the episode. You'll then get a link that you can share with a friend who loves murder mystery, cats, and or amateur sleuthing. If you send us a photo of your share, then we'll enter you in a prize draw to win a Poirot-themed tea. Follow us on Instagram at Case to be the first to know about new episodes, see photos related to the case, what's on our bookshelf, and importantly, pictures of our feline sidekicks, Hastings and Hercule. It's also where you can chat to us about all things mystery. Next episode, we will be discussing the Mimosa Tree Mystery by Avidia U, which is available from hive.co.uk if you'd like to support your local independent bookseller. Until then, Miss Ami, keep sleeping. This podcast is created, produced and edited by Hannah Knight and Maddie Berry. Our music is sourced from Melody Loops by Jeff Harvey.